Let's go to the Garden of Gethsemane, can we? Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. I want to say just a quick word about the message we just heard. Um, I realized there wasn't any cartwheels or cool stories. We don't do a lot of smoke and mirror preaching like that. But I tell you what you just heard. You heard a, a life lesson from a man of God that if you apply to your life right now, it could change your future, and someone else's eternity. There may be, and some of you may be here and you, you heard it and you're just like, uh, you know, you're more educated than Doc, obviously. Uh, and so, you know, you know more. And, and, uh, and, but I'll tell you this, uh, you're not as wise. You're not as wise. Um, I tell you what, that, that's a tremendous truth we need to put in our hearts and make a decision about in just a few minutes. Matthew chapter 26, if you found it, won't you stand with me real quick? We're going to read verses 31 through 41. The Bible says, Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered abroad. But after I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men be offended, shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Now that word offended doesn't mean like you hurt my feelings, okay? If, if that is where it begins, it means offended like turn away, leave, uh, uh, turn your back, uh, uh, not be with, uh, quit fellowship with. And Peter says, hey, listen, if, if everybody does it, I ain't doing it. Verse number 34, Jesus saith unto, unto him, Verily I say unto thee, and this is Jesus' response to Peter. Verily I say unto thee that this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. Not just once, Peter. You're going to do it three times. Next verse says, Peter answered and said unto him. It's almost like a little argument that Jesus and Peter's having here. Notice what it says. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall, shall be offended because of thee, yet will I, will I never be offended. Jesus answers him, tells him he's going to do it three times. Verse 35, Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. And then all the disciples chimed in. Likewise, said all the, also said all the disciples. Verse 36, Then come Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, plural, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, what, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I'll give you the title to the message when I get to it. Three points of introduction, last points to sermon, and we'll go home. Heavenly Father, I pray you would speak to hearts. God, I pray this wouldn't just be a good time where we get together with 
each other and play sports and enjoy activities, and those are great. We had a great time. But, Lord, I pray that this would be something different, something that we'll never forget, something that changes our life. And, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to listen with spirit-filled listening, with a surrender to the preaching, to the Word of God. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Here in the garden, we have two examples of surrender. How many of y'all expected a sermon on surrender? Those of you that are old pros at youth conferences and camps, that's usually what happens. And sometimes if we're not careful, we, we are pleaded with to surrender so much that we rebel. A preacher gets up and he uses the S word and we don't, we don't want to hear it. We don't want to do it. Here we have two examples of surrender, Peter and Jesus. Peter's surrender was stalled. Jesus' surrender stayed. The definition of surrender is this, the act of yielding or resigning one's person or possession into the power of another. That means I give up. I yield. I give someone control of my person and my possessions. That's surrender. Three statements of introduction about surrender. First of all, surrender is solitary. It's between you and God. Your mom and dad can't make you surrender. Now you can surrender to the Christian school till you graduate. You can surrender to the home school until you graduate. But your surrender with God is solitary. You won't be forced into serving God very long. You'll, you must choose. You must choose. Peter, notice in verse 33 and verse 35, Peter makes a statement. He said, though all men will get offended, I'll never be offended. Though I die, I'll not deny you, Jesus. These are powerful and wonderful determinations of his dedication to Christ. He wanted to do that. But notice where he makes these statements. He's in the midst of the disciples. If you read further, you would remember, and some of you may already, that Peter, when he's alone, when he's in solitude, forgets that surrender. Peter makes these strong statements of surrender during a mountaintop experience. If you would have read before this, they just had the Lord's Supper. They just sang hymns together. Jesus just foretold of what was going to happen on the cross. I mean, it is like a mountaintop, mountain peak in the scriptures that Peter just experienced. And he wanted to surrender. What he didn't realize was surrender is not a group activity. It's a single self-surrender that stays. Now, you can come to the altar in a few minutes because everybody else comes to the altar and you can open your eyes and see when that, that dude in front of you gets up, when he gets up, you get up. But I'm just telling you right now, surrender that stays is between you and God. It's not dependent on anybody else. Many surrender with the crowd or to the crowd or for the crowd. But there must be an understanding that you're responsible for you. And, and if you decide to surrender, to yield, to give up the power of your person and your possessions to God, it'll be a decision that you will have to make. Sometimes when we're at events like this, we see many who surrender. 
And praise God for it. If you're here tonight and you have not surrendered your life to Christ, you say, I don't even know what that means. It means to yield the power of your person and your possessions to God. If you've not made that decision, listen now, the first three points of the message are for you. Because God wants you to do that. When we gather at conferences and camps, we surrender our life and a lot of times it's only to take it back like Peter. You make a decision at camp, two weeks later school starts. And just like Peter around the fire warming his hands, you forget everything you decided. So we, should we quit preaching, again, or preaching for surrender? No. Surrender just has to be done alone. Surrender can't be done for you by your parents or your pastor or other people. It's between you and God. Notice Jesus' solitary surrender. The Bible says this. He had the disciples with him. He, he, they went with him into the garden. And then the Bible says this. He went a little further. He got alone by himself. Now, I'll be honest with you. My generation and your generation, we don't like being alone. We watch a lot of TV. We, uh, we watch everything on our phones. We got to have music. We have something in the background. You know why? Because maybe, just maybe, the Holy Ghost might speak to us. So we need some distractions to draw us away. From what God wants to do in our heart. Listen, there is nothing wrong with you having some alone time with God. Now, I'm for you making decisions at an altar, all right? But let me just tell you right now, the best thing that could happen is, is that you, make, you start that decision at this altar and you carry it back to your hotel room uh, and you get alone by yourself, uh, maybe in the bathroom, and you just pour your heart out to God. And then when you get home, you go in your room and you get alone with God. That's where surrender happens. Jesus prepares for the most difficult time in all history, the most trying time in his life, the most rewarding time for us. He's now all alone. Soon he would be made fun of and mocked. Uh, uh, soon even those close would, would, would question his decision and flee away. Soon even the Father would turn away from him. But no, no one join me. Still I'll follow. Alone, single, solitary. That's surrender. He comes back to find his best friends in his most trying time of his life asleep. In the last two days you've heard preaching. Many of you have been to conferences before in camps. You're not new to this. If God only spoke to you, God only spoke to one of you, it'd be worth it all. And when we hear a message, sometimes we think about the other people in the youth group that could have used that message. I just want to tell you right now, God's speaking to you. Just you. You're important to God, as preacher said this morning. If you were the only one that surrendered your life to God, you're important. Maybe God is calling you to preach or is calling you to a mission field or, or maybe God is asking you to surrender some things in your life. That shouldn't be there. If only you, just you, just one, decided to surrender. 20 years ago, this August, I surrendered. Y'all know, a lot of you have heard it. Some of you have heard it too much. It's, it, it, it's almost, my wife tells me all the time, uh, it, it's almost uh, uh, redundant. But I came to the youth conference with a bad attitude. With rap music in the van. Didn't want to be there. 
I was there for the girls, alfalfa. <laughs> One girl in particular. But you know what? God spoke to me. Now, I want you to listen to me real good. Nobody else in the youth group. After I went forward, my now wife, then girl that I went to the conference for, <coughs> came to the altar. But he spoke to me. Let me just tell you something right now. God wants to, to, he wants to speak to you. He wants control of you. He wants you to yield. Number two, let me say this. Surrender is spiritual. One of the reasons you get scared when a preacher starts preaching on surrender and you think just because they say the S word they want you to go to Bible college. Okay? And I'm for Bible college. All right? But let me just tell you this. Surrender, surrender has a lot more to do than with, than with just going to college. Doc was talking about, uh, uh, you know, uh, being, a, being a soul winner. And, and let me just tell you, I, I think most of you pastors would agree 10% of the church does 90% of the work, Right? Right? So if you decide to be a layman that wins souls and runs a bus route every week, I got news for you. It's going to take a little surrender. I believe I can count on one hand the amount of young people that have came out of our youth department that, that said, hey, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And let me just tell you, the way that you can tell them is if there's no surrender, there's no soul winning. But what's wrong with working this job or pursuing this career? Nothing except for the fact that a lot of those don't win souls. Preachers, pastors. It still takes surrender. If you're going to be a businessman that's honest... And that goes soul winning every week. And that gives to the church. It's going to take some surrender. You see, the problem isn't a career. The problem is surrender. We want control. Surrender is spiritual. This isn't a carnal act. I know we have fun. We play games. We eat crazy stuff. And, but surrender is a spiritual decision. You ain't going to make this after, uh, this isn't an emotional response you do after watching a two-hour movie. Or after your team losing a three-hour ball game. This is a spiritual decision. Notice what happens with, with uh, Jesus and Peter, verse 40 and 41. Jesus tells him, he comes to him and, and he says, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray. That word watch there means be vigilant. Be observant. Look out. He says, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He says, Peter, let me tell you why you failed. Because you did it in the flesh. You did it in the flesh. But he meant well. I bet he did. But it didn't last long. Because it was in the flesh. You see, if you and I are going to do a spiritual work and you and I are going to serve a spiritual God, we have to be spiritual. 
We have to have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to walk in the Spirit. We have to live in the Spirit instead of in the lust of our flesh. There was spiritual warfare happening that Peter in his flesh could not see. He gave Jesus his flesh, but he hadn't surrendered his spirit. There's a spiritual warfare happening right now in this room. Been happening since you got here. The devil and his demons, like, like Doc said, the devil and demons do not want you to hear the word of God. They don't want you to obey the word of God. They don't want you to do the will of God. If you knew the battle for your heart that was taking place above your heads, it would scare and shock many of us. I got news for you. Everybody leaves surrender tonight. Either surrender to the spirit or surrender to the flesh. You either obey the Spirit or you obey the flesh. You either please the Spirit or you'll please the flesh. You either walk in the Spirit or you'll walk in the flesh. I knew what it meant when I walked that aisle 20 years ago. It meant a change. It meant I was giving up my will and my wants and my desire, desires and my decisions from carnal to spiritual, from temporal to eternal. Look at Jesus' example of surrender. Verse 39 says, And he went a little further and fell on his face. Jesus surrenders to God's will, not flippantly. He prays. In fact, he prays intensely. The Bible says that the sweat fell as great drops of blood. If Jesus needed to pray seriously about surrender to God's will, wouldn't it make sense that you and I would need to seek God's face about His will for our lives? Before we make the decision based on a location or a career decision or a college decision or a coin-chasing decision or a crowd-pleasing decision or a carnal fleshly decision, Shouldn't we get on our faces and say, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I am yours. Every part of me is yours. Number three, surrender is sacrificial. Even in Peter's attempt to surrender, he acknowledged the sacrifice real surrender can and will bring about. Now, praise God, we're in America. Probably not going to lose our heads for a few years at least. But there is sacrifice to be surrendered. Peter said, I, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. He said, they could kill me. I, I, I'm, I'm always going to be for you. Peter had surrendered before. Matthew chapter 4, you don't have to turn there. We'll come back to where we are. But Jesus walked by him and he said, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He left his family his fishing, his fortune, to follow Jesus. He left it all. Jesus is our example of surrender, though. Look at verse 39. He says, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. 
the humanity and divinity that is shown in the verses of Scripture that we just read, Jesus surrenders sacrificially knowing that if God's will is accomplished, Jesus is beaten beyond recognition, crowned with a crown of thorns, crucified for our sins. We sing the song, I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Surrender is yielding person and possession to another. God, I'm yours. You know why I didn't move till the last night of that conference? You know why that I gripped the pew and wept? Telling God, no, you ain't talking to me. You talking to me, you ain't talking to me. It's because I knew it was going to cost me something. I knew I was going to have to sacrifice some things. Now, young people, listen to me real good. Some of you have sacrificed whether you, whether you wanted to or whether you got a choice in the matter. But, but I got news for you. If, you. if you're going to surrender, you're going to give your whole life to Christ, it's going to take some sacrifice. I knew that if I made that decision and I listened to the Holy Spirit and I gave my life to God, here's what I knew. I knew when I got home, I had to get rid of that music. Heavily engulfed in rap music. I knew I'd have to get rid of it. So I didn't want to go. I knew I couldn't surrender or yield myself to God, to Christ, and still have the world's music pumping in my ears. Yeah, I knew it was going to cost me my music. I knew it was going to cost me my clothes. I knew if I yielded to, to God, I already knew. I knew. He was taking that hat and turning it around. He was putting some pants that fit. And shirts that fit. And shirts that didn't have wrappers on them. Or vulgar sayings on them. I knew he was going to take that away. That's the same reason we don't surrender. You can blame somebody or you can blame some institution or you can blame some kind of preaching that you heard sometime. But one of the main reasons that we stay put when God says come is because we don't want to give up what we love. I knew I would lose my friends. I went to public school. Lived one way at public school, another way when I came to church. I knew if I got serious and I surrendered, they were not going to be as nice to me. I lost my hair. This is surrender. Actually, it's the first time I've ever preached here with hair at the conference. It feels good. I had hair down to here. Parted it in the middle like alfalfa tried. It's beautiful. Those of you that think it's weird, wait till you look at yourself 10 years from now or 20 years from now. I knew I was going to cut my hair. I knew I was going to start managing my time better. Watched a lot of TV. Hung out with girls. There's going to be some changes. But if I was yielding the power of my person and my possessions, that's surrender.
Sacrifice of my will. What I think is best yields to what God thinks is best. Sacrifice of my wants, dying to the flesh. What I want or desire yields to what the Word of God says I should have. Sacrifice of my ways, living in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Places I go, things I do. Y'all ever surrendered your life to Christ? You ever said, God, you, you can have everything? I am and I have. I'm yours. If you haven't, we'll have an invitation here in a few minutes. And you can come. And you can start it. But don't let it end there. It's all introduction. Here's a sermon. A lot of you have been here. Been to this conference before. You have conferences at your church. You go to camps. You know surrender. You know the feeling you're feeling right now in your heart of the conviction of the Holy Spirit telling you need to surrender. I want to tell you the most important part of surrender. Pay close attention now. This is the sermon. Verse 35. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Though I should die with thee, I will not deny thee. What a surrender. You know what Peter was saying? Jesus, you can have my whole life. You can have all of my life. We would commend that. However, in an almost shocking tone, Jesus returns. Verse 40. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto all the disciples. Not Peter. Listen to this shocking tone. What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Let me tell you what Jesus is saying. You gave me your life. And you can't give me an hour? You gave me the rest of your life? Can we start with today? I think sometimes we've heard so much about surrender that we think it's for later. Peter was willing to give the rest of his life to Christ. Jesus said, how about we start today? Before you give your life, before you're martyred, before you're crucified, listen, Peter, uh, can we just start this surrendered life today? Oh, I know you'll give me your life when you're dying for me, but, 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 but how, about, how about today? The most important part of surrender is this. Surrender starts with the Savior. We often make this statement. I'm surrendered to preach. It's nothing bad. It's good. I, was, I surrendered to preach. But you know what I surrendered to more that day than preaching? I surrendered to him. That's why when the preacher that preached changed, my surrender wasn't fake. 
Because it wasn't about the position. It was about a person. I gave power of my person and possessions not to the office of a pastor or a missionary or a youth pastor. I gave the power of my person and my, pos- my possessions to Him. I remember like it was yesterday. I know the sermon. I know the spot on the altar. I remember what I said. But that day, the greatest decision I made, listen to me well, I'm for you if God's calling you to preach out to surrender to Him. But that day, I believe the best decision I made was this. I decided that I would surrender to the Savior. You see, after conference, I went home and I told the church, I got called to preach. But if that's all I did, and even if I preached some sermons that I got from my pastor or downloaded from the internet, I probably wouldn't be in the ministry today. The most important part of surrender is the Savior. And when I got home from that conference, let me tell you what I did. Stay with me. I opened that book. And for the first time in my life as a 17-year-old young man, I got to know God because I surrendered. I didn't open the Bible because I was at church. Or I didn't open the Bible because of a school assignment. I didn't open the Bible because I had to. I opened the Bible because I wanted to. I wanted to know Him. I began to memorize Scripture and learn the books of the Bible and read it every day. And that surrender to the Savior is what helped me to be able to surrender to serve later on. I decided to start praying, not when I was in trouble or when my mom was sick. You'll pray then. The world prays then. But I'm talking about just to know God, to fellowship with Him, to love Him. Not only that, I surrendered to serve Him. As Dr. Jorgensen preached, I didn't surrender to a where or a what or a position or a, per- or, or a people. I surrendered to the person of the Savior. And here's the deal. I went back and I started serving. I got on a bus route. We started soul winning. You say, I don't, we don't have teen soul winning. Huh. If two teens go soul winning, it's teen soul winning. We didn't have a soul winning, we didn't have much of a soul winning, my father-in-law's here, he was only soul winner in the church, and me and another boy got together, and we said, hey, we're going to start Thursday night soul winning. I had no idea what it was. Sure, let's do it. He gave me a book, he gave me a tape, one of those old black tapes with the uh, brown uh, uh, label on it, with the red face on it, y'all know what I'm talking about now? Some of y'all don't even know what a tape is, I'm sorry. Pop that in. Let's go soul winning. Make sure your breath's good. Make sure you dress good. Don't step in people's yard. Y'all know the whole lecture. We go soul winning on Saturday. And we say, we, we ain't going home till somebody gets saved. We didn't know what we was doing. We was out at dark. Six o'clock, seven o'clock. It's winter time. You ready to go? Nobody's saved yet. All right, let's keep going. I worked at an engineering firm and, and he would text me, or we didn't have text, he would call me. 
He would have texted me if we had text. He called me and he said, hey, are we going soul winning? And man, I felt so bad telling him no. I was like, yeah, we're going. I didn't want to go. But I went. You know why? Because I was surrendered. Wasn't my call. Man, I got so excited. Uh, we didn't have tracks. So I ordered them from Fellowship, Fellowship Track League. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Some of them bloody Jesus tracks. We got the one that said the burning hell. Had the fire on it, had the, you know, the, the, the face from the, 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 the uh, 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 night uh, picture, you know. It's like, ah. Said at the top, thousands of degrees hot down at the bottom. Uh, bottom uh, the burning hell. Picture the devil with horns. Go knock doors. Hey, how you doing? Want to give you one of these? What in the, you know. That's where you're going, buddy. We would stop. Well, when me and him were together, we'd stop. We got stopped and got a, a drink. We'd go in a gas station and, and we would stick them in beer cases. So that when that drunker was about three beers in, he would pull out one of them burning hell tracks. Thought Budweiser was soul winning or something. It was crazy for God. You know why? Because it's your person. No, because I surrendered. I'll do whatever. There are many others that surrendered. They told Jesus, I'll go here. I'll be a, you fill in the blank. I give you my whole life. Just not today. How about you? Are you surrendered? To what? To do what? To go where? To be what? Better yet, to whom? It's not what we do for him. It's what we do with him that matters. Surrender is not being willing to do something for God. Surrender is allowing God to do something with you. Surrender is not to a water where, surrender is to a who. I said in the beginning, surrender is solitary, it's your decision. Surrender is spiritual. If you're saved, you'll never be happy controlling your own life. Surrender is sacrificial, it will cost you something. But most importantly, surrender starts with the Savior. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I want to ask you a couple questions. If you're here tonight and say, Brother Davis, I've never yielded. I've never yielded power. I've never yielded the power and possessions of my life to Jesus Christ. I've never made that decision before. But God spoke to my heart and He told me. He told me He wants me. He wants me. I said, Brother Davis, would you please pray for me? Would you please pray for me? I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. If that's you, would you slip your hand up? Anybody at all? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put them down. Question. 
Well, a lot of you have been here before, been in this spot. You know how an altar call works. I wonder if some of you would say, Brother Davis, I, I surrendered my life to Christ. But I took it back. Because I gave him five years from now. I gave him ten years from now. But I never started giving him today. Maybe you're here, you're called to preach, you're called to be a missionary, you're called to do something for God, and you say, but Brother Davis, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know the God that I'm doing it for. And he said, Brother Davis, I, wanna, I want to start my surrender. Restart my surrender the right way. If that's you, would you slip your hand up? You surrendered, but you took it back. And now you say, Brother Davis, I want to start with today. Put your hands down. I'm not talking about where you're going to go to college. I'm not talking about what you're going to do for a career. If you string enough surrendered days together, you'll live a surrendered life. There may be a young man in here, though. God's been very specific with you. He's called you to preach. He's told you he wants you to go to the mission field. We have missions conference. Missionaries decided as young teenagers to be missionaries. I believe God can specifically speak if you'll surrender. He said, Brother Davis, God spoke to my heart. I think he's calling me to be a preacher. I think he's calling me to the mission field. Would you pray for me? Who would say that? Would you slip your hand up? Anybody? There's one. There's one. Hey, I said if it was only one. There's one. There's one. There's another. Maybe you're here and you heard the message. Never won a soul to Christ. Or teen soul winning and the bus route has just become so norm to you that you do it out of habit. You do it because your friends are there and not for the Savior. You say, Brother Davis, I need to get on the bus route. Brother Davis, I need to start soul winning. Brother Davis, I need to start carrying tracks. Brother Davis, I need to get in the nursing home ministry at our church. I surrender. Anybody like that? God spoke to your heart during the message, the first message? You need to be a soul winner. You need to be a, there's more hands. There was more hands than that the first time. I hear it all the time. I'm praying for God's will for my life. It should start with the Savior. I want to do God's will for my life. Start with the Savior. Let's stand with